Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Fighting Manny Pacquiao is is an experience. It's not a fight. Mindset to money. I, I think any business, you have to make it someone's third place. Speaking to some of the world's most interesting people. So that would be considered an example of a biohack, where I'm hacking my biology. From Sutherland, England. Now living in Los Angeles, California. You put him in the ring with me in his day, and I'm talking his best day, and I'm 50 right now. I will knock him nah. out. Here's your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. This week it's boxing. So on the Boxing Life podcast, one week I talk about boxing, the next week it's about life. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. So on this episode, I talk about Mike Tyson getting involved with drugs, but not the way you would think his new business venture. Also talk about Billy Joe Saunders pulling out of the big fight with Martin Murray and how hard it is for fighters when they're in a training camp and then the fight gets called off and how much it costs because it costs a lot of money. Also, my favorite fighter, Lomachenko, has just had shoulder surgery and I read some of the things that the doctor said. Well, I try and read, my reading's terrible. This time next month, I'll be flying to Sydney, Australia to do a Boxing Burn Academy, our education program where we teach you how to teach boxing. If you want a career in teaching boxing, this is the course for you. We, we've got a proven system that we give everyone. I'll talk a little bit more about it on the end of this episode. And just because you were a boxer doesn't mean you're going to have success in teaching boxing for fitness. That being said, you don't have to have been a boxer to teach boxing. You've got to understand it. And on this course, we give you that. Here it is, the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to... Yeah. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, you'll notice me face is a little bit red. Full day at the beach yesterday, and that's what happens. And if you know me, you see me skin super white. So I don't want, I'm not one of these people who gets tanned. I'm one of these people that goes lobster red and, you know, full day at the beach. It's funny living in California. I get people say it was a lot like, I expect you to have a tan, but I'm never in the sun. You try to avoid the sun at all costs once when you live here. But like back in England, when when I remember when it was sunny for the seven days a year, you'd be out with your shirt off, no sun cream on, even putting baby oil on to try and attract the sun to get a little bit sunburnt. But now uh, things have changed, life's changed. Uh, yeah, full day at the beach with the kids and the family yesterday. And um, I, was, I felt like punching someone, I felt like punching these lads. There was a bunch of about 10 guys all sitting there that were smoking them vapor pens. I'm gonna talk about that stuff in a, in a little bit. But I'm sitting there when we, I've got a, a six month old on the, underneath the umbrella, and then uh, my other one, my two year olds lying half asleep on us. And they stand right next to us and they're throwing the American football around. I'm thinking, these better, these better get away from, from me. And they were pretty good though, like they were catching it and they were accurate, and I'm sitting there on eggshells thinking I'm going to have to tell them. Like, anyway, but before I knew it, one of them threw the ball long, and there was an old woman, she was about 70 year old, just standing there by herself watching the, watching the sea or whatever, and the hot ball hit her on the back of the head, and then they all laughed, and, and that was it. Um, I was about to get up and say something, but there was these other girls there, they jumped in and they started screaming at these boys for doing that, and uh, you know, I just felt sorry for the woman. These, uh, stupid lads 
uh, acting all daft. But yeah, and then after that, I start thinking about scenarios in my own head about if that hit me baby, what I would have done. You know, it's funny that how how your mind runs if you ever do do that. I'm sure you you do where you end up thinking about one thing and then do you ever think like how did I get to this? And then you go all the way back about what the first thought was, you know, and it was like. I was in jail, that was what I was thinking, and how, how I got to be in jail was through reversing the way I was thinking. I was thinking, if that hit me kid, I would have went up and I would have smashed him straight in the face uh, without even seeing anything, but obviously it never, and I had a great day at the beach, and I'm now sunburnt, and uh, yeah. So, this week is on po- boxing, I want to talk about boxing. That was my little story about my beach, you know, I want to talk about the boxing, what's been happening in the boxing. Well, I'll tell you what's, what's happened, what I was very interested in reading. And if you listen to the podcast I did a couple of episodes ago when I had Kevin, my business partner, and we talked a little bit about me getting high for the first time the other week when I had some of this uh, marijuana, like, uh, vapor smoking thing, whatever it is, on one of them pens. I've always been big, massive against any drugs, like drugs are for mugs, that's what I've always said. And uh, I was with the Mind Pump boys, the, the Mind Pump Media boys. These guys have got a massive podcast and they really know this shit. I've done a few podcasts with them. And they had this private event and I was there. And uh, anyway, I had, I had this pipe and, um, and uh, I had two, just two sucks of it, <laughs> drags, whatever you call it. And yeah, I got a little bit high on it. And, uh, it was interesting, and I, like I said, I've never I've always been against it, but I'm hearing so many good things about cannabis and mainly CBD with the benefits and all that, and it's getting massive. Now it's legal in California. It's legal in most of America. So I thought, it can't be that bad. So I got it. And anyway, what I'm going to talk about now is I've just heard that Mike Tyson is just, uh, I don't know if he's bored or he's invested in a 40-acre marijuana farm. A cannabis farm called the Tyson Ranch uh, and Tyson's having this as well and he he, uh, he said that if he didn't have cannabis he didn't know what he'd do with all these aches and pains like he was fighting for over 20 years competitively and we all know Mike Tyson had some wars in it, you know with all his training and all that and just imagine what his body's like I've even heard that and it's easily believable like how uh, he's got CT how he's punch drunk how he's very slow when he's talking and he's slurring his words and you can't think straight. I've heard that from people who's been close to him. And as well, like Evander Holyfield's the same. I've met him firsthand. I've, I've told a story on a podcast before where like, I was in training camps with Evander Holyfield, two uh, eight-week training camps, and we got on, we're in training in the same rings. If you look on my YouTube channel, I've got videos of us shadowboxing together and side-by-side on bags. And we went out for dinner together. He just met my wife and we were talking. And Anyway, we were close. 16 weeks I spent with him. And then six months went by and I was with the London Olympics. I was doing some work for the BBC there. And he was there doing some work as well. And he came down and someone went, oh, Tony, this is Evander. And I went, how's it going, Evander? And he went, hey, nice to meet you. And I was like, whoa, this motherfucker's forgot who I am. And we've spent all our time together. So... I was like, wow, he, he's, he's very punch drunk. And, uh, and then he, then he realised that, and I said, oh, I worked with Tommy. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then he realised who I was and all that. But it was just, and I know that he must meet a million people every single day, but still, it's like, and you, I knew when I was talking, like, you know, 
he's he's a little bit punch drunk. Well, I should say quite a bit punch drunk. And what can you expect? He's had wars. He's took my, some of Mike Tyson's best punches. So it's obviously going to affect his his brain. And uh, anyway, back back to the, the Tyson story. Uh, he, he said he that's really helping him this uh, CBD and the cannabis. So he's invested in this big massive farm, 40 acres farm grown cannabis. It seems like there's a lot of people doing that now, uh, a lot of high profile people, uh, because it's, I think it really is a, a good investment. And I was talking to a guy called Adam Roth, Rothall, Rothball, I can't know his, his second name, he's a bit, a bit of an influencer on Instagram and he's been on TV shows. I was talking to him the other day as well and he's coming up with a coffee and he's gonna add CBD in that because uh, the, like I say, the health benefits is, is massive and I don't know what they all are, but I know that there's loads and everyone's in them. It might be just be the in thing right now, but uh, yeah, they're getting so many good reviews and you can get it all over the CBD stuff and uh, in everything. So he's gonna be putting it in coffee. So yeah, it seems like it's the, it's the in thing and people's investing a lot of money into it. So it must be, it must be doing, it must be all right. So go Mike Tyson, because I don't know what else he's doing, you know. You hear reports like, oh, he's skint, he's got no money, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing if, if once you had $200 million and now you've got a million dollars, that's saying that you've got no money, but to someone like me, a million dollars, you've got a million dollars in the bank, you know, you're doing all right. And I know for a fact Mike Tyson could earn a hundred grand in a day, in a couple of hours, really, for doing an appearance somewhere. He could earn a lot more than that. He could do all sorts, like he's been in the Hangover films and all that, so uh, he's massive. And I, I was talking before, I was like, is Mike Tyson the most recognisable person in the world? Who's more recognisable than Mike Tyson? Do you know, Leon? Who, who's, who's the most recognisable person in the world? Is it Mike Tyson? It very well could be. Uh, who else is up there? The Queen? No, not the Queen. But Mike Tyson, especially when he's got a big face tattoo, maybe he's the most recognisable person in the world. I think so anyway. Let us know. Send us a DM. Send us a message on Instagram. Comment on this video on YouTube, wherever you're watching it. Billy Joe Saunders has just pulled out of his fight with Martin Murray, which was supposed to be June 23rd. Said he's had a bad hand and Billy Joe Saunders is a friend of mine I've not supported him for a while like but come to the Olympics with us and the rumours are like it's because he's got bigger opportunities to fight Canelo or to fight Triple G and he'd probably make five times more money if he, if he fights one of them and Martin Murray's come out and said he's a shit house he's pulled out again because uh, uh, Martin Murray's been in camp to, to fight and that's who he's supposed to be fighting um, and you know, boxing, you've got to make, make, make as much money as you can. I do feel sorry for Martin Murray because he's been in that training camp for a long time. Uh, and he, Martin's come out and said, like, I hope like, I don't have to put this training camp to waste and I can get another fight. So I hope he does get another fight because them, them training camps are, are beasts. And, you know, I think if, if you're not familiar with that, where you're, you're going to a training camp for eight weeks, when you're in a training camp for eight weeks, at a high level like Martin Murray was, uh, Martin Murray is, or, and even when I was, I used to fly to America for the eight weeks. I would stay in a hotel. I would obviously get my good food, uh, my, my good uh, recovery stuff like 
the, the, the what's it called the cryotherapy chambers and ice baths and all that and it all costs money and then uh, you might be paying your strength conditioning coach whatever so and then when the fight gets called off or cancelled you know you're not earning any money it happened to me one time when I was in a training camp I was here for six weeks in LA and me cut, I had a cut on my eye it was keep reopening and I needed to get surgery get this scar tissue cut out so I'd spent I think like six grand up to then on the training camp with the flights and the accommodation and all that to not fight you know so poor Martin Murray is, uh, has went through that obviously he doesn't fly to America for his training camps but still he'll still be paying his strength and conditioning coaches he's, he's even trainer he's dedicating his life to it and then not only that like I say dedicating your life to it you've got to make sacrifices as well uh, not seeing your family not going out with your friends missing events like parties or weddings or whatever it may be because you're totally in the zone so missing training camps uh, sorry missing fights after you've been in a training camp is is hard and as well you put your body through so much work in a training camp like so much wear and tear because you're running every morning you're dieting you're losing weight you obviously you're boxing you're punching your, your arms your joints are you really wearing your joints down every time you go into a training camp then on top of that you're sparring so you're getting punched in the head a lot as well so yeah I feel sorry for Martin Murray and uh, I feel sorry for any fighter who's got to go through a training camp like that and then not get a fight at the end because in boxing 99% of the time you only get paid when you fight sometimes you get sponsors along the way but fighting is where you make the money and, and that's, that's obviously why fighters fight to, to make the money, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of it's a bit shit for him, and, um, and but I hope Billy Joe Saunders uh, gets the fight with Canelo. I hope if, or, or Triple G. I would rather see him fight Triple G. I think for some reason he would do better against Triple G, even though I think Triple G is the superior out of him and Canelo. I think Billy John Billy Joe would do really well against him uh, because he's he's very clever, he's fast, and he's got. Uh, a great work ethic and he wants to win he's one of the most competitive people I've ever met even when we're in the Olympics and we'd play like the shoot him out on the, on the basketball games he would he wouldn't stop playing until he won like would, I would beat him every time on basketball and they'd be like let's give another game let's have another game let's have another. and then we'd play like 10 games until he won a game then he'd stop you know, he's that competitive it's like what Will Smith says he, he says like uh, if well, I can't remember the quote but it's something like if you want to race me on a treadmill uh, you better be willing to, to die on there or some shit like that because his work ethic's unbelievable and he'll just go and go and go and go. And that kind of reminds us of, of the likes of Billy Joe Saunders. He's that competitive. He's an absolute beast. So, yeah, I think it would be a great fight with him. And Triple G, I think Billy would make the, the, uh, the build-up half-decent as well, even though it's hard to do it with Triple G, building a fight up because he's that boring, if you like. He's like that... that you don't get anything up from him. He just talks nice, like he's a nice guy. And Billy might try and drag something out of him. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that fight. I hope that fight happens. I really do. Lomachenko has just underwent some surgery on his shoulder. In, it was, he had it in Los Angeles. It's a, the Cedars Hospital, not far from me. Uh, the surgery was performed by the world-renowned Dr. Uh, Dr. Neil L. Altachi or something like that uh, and Lomachenko was scheduled to fight on August 25th uh, but now with the recovery 
uh, the, the scene. He, he, he still will fight this year, so I hope he does. Uh, and the doctor said that the, the he said the anticipated. I'm reading now. The anticipated injuries in his shoulder resulting from dislocation of the event he sustained in the fight. Uh, in particular, he had an extensive labor tear, lab, labral tear, I can't read, approximately 270 degrees with a small amount of cartilage damage and a bone, in, I can't read, injury. Anyway, all resulting in instability of the shoulder, he underwent uh, the repair, and he's repaired the labrum. Anyway, based on the results of the surgical repair, we are optimistic for an excellent uh, recovery and he'd return to competition at his, at his previous level. So, yeah, I mean, it's, that's good news that it wasn't something serious. Lomachenko, for me, pound for pound, the best fighter today. And I would say, and I've said it on a previous podcast, that one of the best, one, one of, if not the greatest fighter of all time even after 13 fights. There's a documentary on Lomachenko on YouTube. If you just type in uh, YouTube, Lomachenko documentary, <laughs> it comes up and it starts, the documentary starts off where he's underwater, he's got his head under the water and he's holding his breath. And this documentary really showed me something I've never seen before with a fighter, about a, a mindset of someone who, like I say, I've never seen before. It's unbelievable. This Lomachenko fella is a machine and his full team is. He trains and he lives, obviously, like an elite athlete, like, like they should. Uh, but some of the training that he does, like his mind training, he's got a psychiatrist, psychologist, work, living with him all the time to help him with his mind. Brain training is a massive part of what he does. And... One thing that I was surprised with and I never knew is that he wanted the world title fight his first title, for his first fight. And he went around a lot of promoters asking them to, to do that. And they were like, are you crazy? I've never heard this before. He went to Donna Dover, then he went to Golden Boy, uh, and then he went to Bob Arum. And when he was with Bob Arum, Bob Arum was like, oh, Bob Arum offered him a million dollars to turn pro. And he said, no. He said, I want a title fight in my first fight. I'm bothered about the million dollars. I want a title fight in my first fight. And he said, I can't do that, but I can give you a world title fight in your second fight. And that's what happened. He got that world title fight in his second fight. And uh, obviously he lost that fight. Uh, but there's lots of uh, controversy around that. But the guy's weight and, and whatever. But yeah, this documentary is amazing. And then obviously he won his world, first world title in his third fight. Then he won his second world title at a different weight in his, I think, his seventh or eighth fight. Then he's just obviously won his third world title at his third weight in 13 fights, in his 13th fight. And then in that fight as well, he went, like it's like it said, the doctor said, like he, in the second round, he tore his shoulder. And you know what? He never complained once about it. Like we never even heard about it, where what I would have said but after the fight, I mean, he got knocked down and all that. I tore my shoulder in. in in, in fight camp that's why I got knocked down that's why my performance wasn't tip top I would have used that excuse but he never and like most fighters would have, would have come out and said that but he never so that just shows again what sort of mindset that fella's got and it was interesting to see his dad his dad's never done an interview and his dad's his coach his dad's been his trainer forever he's never done an interview a public interview and he, and he said 
the time's not right to do an interview. I'll do an interview when the time's right. So that makes me think like this Lomachenko team, they've got something planned. Like what do they want to do? Do, do they want to win another world title at another weight? They've got something planned. I don't know what it's going to be, but you know, it's exciting. If he wants to have a world title fight, his first fight, and he wants to, he wants to knock back a million dollars, you know, that's, I mean, for me, like, you know, that's unbelievable. And he's got, he, he's definitely, he's definitely up to something and I can't wait to see what it is. Uh, yeah, so a, a quick podcast today, that was, that's really, that's really what I've all got, that's not really what I've got to talk about, not, not much. Uh, and thank you for listening. Guys, I want to tell you a little bit about the Boxing Burn Academy, our education programme where we teach how to teach boxing. You know, I'm speaking to a lot of boxers about this and the boxers got mentality that I would have had the exact same mentality where it's like, I'm good, I know how to teach boxing, I've boxed 10, 15, whatever years it is, I've had this many fights. What can you teach me how to teach What can you teach, how can you teach me how to teach boxing? And I was even talking about this today with Tom Stalker. Tom Stalker was the Olympic team captain for Great Britain in 2012 Olympics, but he understands the, the benefits of what he can get and he's going to come to the course that we're doing in August in Sheffield, England. And what it is with boxers is we don't know how to really speak to people. We think we do, but we know how to speak in, in boxing language, like, but we don't know how to speak in fitness language. It's two different languages. If someone comes into the gym, let's say a middle-aged woman comes into your boxing fitness facility and wants to learn how to teach boxing, we don't know really what to say. Yeah, you might think you do, but do you? Do you know how she's feeling? Do you know how nervous she is? Do you know what to say to her to calm them nerves down? Do you know uh, how to teach her from the ground up? Have you got a system how to teach from the ground up? Do you know when she makes a mistake when you're teaching her how to box? what to say to her to make her feel comfortable so that she doesn't feel awkward, so she doesn't feel uncomfortable. You know what to say to her to give her confidence so that she comes back and does another session with you. When she's leaving, do you know what to say to her uh, to give her the confidence so she comes back and, and trains with you again? And if she comes back and trains with her again, because that's not what it's all about. It's about helping people. And we know, boxers, we, we know that we can help people. We've got it the ability to help people by giving them this boxing, but it's getting them to come back again and again and again so that we can really help them and, and change lives. Well, on the Boxing World Academy, we, we give that to you. It's our system, how to do that from when someone walks in the door to when they leave. You know, And I think that there in itself is very, very, very valuable, not just to former boxers, but to fitness professionals, but definitely to former boxers because... You know, like I said, you need to have that system. And we've had former boxers work, work for us before, like at a very high level, the fought at a high level, and even higher than me. But when it comes to teaching someone for the first time, they never had a clue, and the clients never come back, and which is which is pretty sad. So yeah, we we get we teach you that as well. And on top of that, it's we talk about social media marketing, how to build relationships. And like I say, how to retain clients, like how to how to promote yourself as a as a world class fitness professional on social media, 
and we, we give you that and I know most people who listen to this follow me on social media and you'll see just what I'm talking about you'll see my social media and you'll, and you'll see what I'm doing on there and yeah you can copy some of that stuff but you don't know the methods behind it and like I say we, we give you that and the funny thing is with this Boxing Mountain Academy we're not doing this for the money we're doing it uh, well it builds the brand we're doing it because we absolutely love doing it and you know maybe money will come sometime and I'm sure it will and you know we have made a little bit of money from it but we're not doing it for the money we're going to Australia July 4th we're doing a course there that weekend the 7th and 8th we're not making any money from that you know we're getting a trip to Australia probably paid for but you know, we're not making any money from that. Going to England, we're probably not making any money from that, but we're doing it because we love it and we love helping people. And obviously, it builds the brand and more people know about Box and Burn, but we're given the system that we've built in there. Yeah, I love it. I could talk about this Box and Burn Academy all day long, I'm telling you, all day long. I love it. I love it. I really do. Oh, and if you want to sign up, use code BOXANDLIFE2018 and you'll save $100 off. Like I said, we're not doing it for the money. We're giving you the money. So that's on the online courses as well. Boxing Life 2018. Uh, and some criticism that we get is like, how the hell can you teach... How the hell can I teach someone how to teach boxing when I can't box myself? Well, mate, we teach you how to box before we teach you, we teach you how to teach someone. And yes, you can't learn how to box in one day. Yes, you can't be a world-class trainer after one day, and we're not going to say we're not telling you that we're going to be. But after one day, you're going to have the tools you need to go out there and use them and practice and get better and better and become and go as far as you want in this. Like Glenn Holmes, the the guy who I do the podcast with, he's earning over well over six figures a year teaching boxing. He never taught boxing in his life, uh, and now he's one of the best boxing fitness trainers out there. He had one amateur fight uh, a few years ago. He lost that. But now he's like earning a fortune. Stephen Kane earning over six figures a year by teaching boxing for fitness. He was a soccer player, footballer. Never never had a pair of gloves on in his life until four or five years ago. But they learned and they got better and got better and got better. And yeah, anyway, like I say, I could talk about this shit all day. Use Boxing Life 2018, get $100 off. Anyway, thank you for listening. Until next time, I'll see you there.